Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph, Ralphie, Andrew, and Dave. All right, I got uh, a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you why. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out! <laughs> all right, everybody. I started a little early. I couldn't wait. Uh, I'm gonna give Andrew and Dave. A couple minutes to join the party, but the Saints are just about to get it started, and we're gonna um, we'll be on our way, and <laughs> we'll see what they pick. It's uh, if you want a quarterback, today is your day. You know, um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm I wasn't surprised that the quarterbacks lasted in the first round, but I'm kind of shocked that. Um, that 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 it's worked out this way, um, uh, and they <laughs> they potentially are going to uh get to get a quarterback that they want, you know, and and and, and any of them, <laughs> but but besides Pickett, so um, it's uh it's uh it's definitely it's definitely interesting uh. An interesting draft we got going. Uh, so we got people that want to talk. So uh, it's Kevin, but it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not Kevin Held because he's on a date at a baseball game with a, a, a very attractive young lady that he has no business being seen in public with. But that's another story for another day. Kevin, what do you want the Saints to do uh, at pick forty nine? 
Uh, get the best defensive back there. <laughs> Who would that be? Give me a name. Uh, the kid from kid from Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it's is uh. It's interesting. I know the Saints. Uh. The quarterbacks. They met with Corral. They met with Ritter. I don't know if they met with Malik Willis. Uh, so, you know, if they so desire a quarterback, they can get it. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for thanks for piping in, Kevin. You know, the other thing is they really need to think about a running back because you got Alvin Kamara probably going to get suspended, um, and listen. We love Alvin Kamara. He's great. He's a Saints Hall of Famer. Probably going to be in the Saints Ring of Honor. But at some point, at some point, you know, Alvin Kamara, his prime is going to end. And it, he's probably either at the end of his prime where you got maybe a year or two. Or it may be running backs, it ends even quicker than you think. So uh, we got Andrew. Uh, Andrew, you're with us. How did Ralph the Saints didn't trade up? I can't believe it. <laughs> they knew. Listen, they knew I was I was managing the worst little league team in the history of Paraland, and they said, "Look, Ralph's got to get through at practice. We can't trade up. We got to get him enough time to get home, get situated, get the spaces in order. We can't trade up." When has the Saints organization ever done this podcast a solid? Ever? Ever? They did us a. It was. It was. They haven't. They haven't done this a solid since they signed Jarris Bird while we were live on air, and that ended up being one of the worst free agency signings oh, no. in the history. Oh of the no! Oh no! This pick is doomed. This pick might be doomed. Andrew, what what do they do here? What are they going to do? Well, my running backs, the two I really liked, are gone. Uh, Petrie's gone. Uh, Lewisine was the last pick, 32 overall in the first round. So I'll be honest, man, like a lot of the guys I really liked and hope would fall are not there. I am starting to wonder, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, do we think quarterback here? Malik Willis is still I, there. I, I said it today. still there. Sam Howell's still there. That you didn't pick? I mean – Here's the thing. Ritter's People still were, there, too? Yeah. Corral, Howell, Willis. Ritter. Ritter. If you – right, is Ritter there? I don't – my the ESPN app is crapping out on me, and I don't have my team. We, we, need, we need a chat function on this thing. Well, and here's the, here's the thing, too, is people were screaming at me today. They were saying, look – Half the people were like, you can't pick a quarterback. The Saints are all in to win now. They think they can win now. you got to get a player that can compete now. And the other half were like, there is no way Ritter or Willis are going to be there. You're being ridiculous, Ralph. And I was like, listen, I'm just putting it out there. Like, what do you do? I think Willis is – he's – This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Potentially a home run 
and he potentially could never play it down in the NFL. Like, his variance is so wide. But, Andrew, I'm so tempted at 49 because here's the thing. They've picked Kikaha in the second round, bust. They picked Stanley John Baptiste in the second round, bust. Like, if you whiff in a second round pick, like, it's not that big a deal. But if you pick a quarterback and if you get it right, you win the power, you win the $500 million in the Powerball. So I just, quarterback, I know second round, the history of it is not good in the last 20 years. Even if you include Drew Brees, the best quarterbacks in the second round are like Drew, Andy Dalton, Kaepernick. Like it ain't a lot, but I just feel like you got to take a swing at quarterback here. I think you do. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, I don't know. So, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I'm nervous. Butterich, what you Thanks got? made their pick. What do we got? It's a DB. Mm. Give it to me. Oh, we know, we know, we know. It's Alante. What? Want me to tell you? Yeah, it's a corner, right? Alante Taylor from Tennessee. Man, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is like low key. And first of all, the Saints have a receivers coach from Tennessee, so he knows them. Um, he yeah. knows them intrinsic. Cody Cody Burns coached this guy basically, even though he was on the other side of the ball. But like Alante Taylor, I gotta say, tennis between Camara and Callaway, and now the coach Cody Burns. Yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee the Tennessee ball program. Is like Ohio State light. It is. Not only is it that they can't, they can't fucking develop their players. They can't. Like the Saints got right, more out right. of Camara than but Tennessee they're, they're ever good. did. They're good. they're good talent. So just send them to us, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't know. It disappoints me a little, but. What does it say about what they feel about? I told you, I told you they were looking corners. They were looking. Corners. I told you that they, they were doing a ton of homework on corners, and that I don't know what's up with with uh, system, uh, not system corner, uh, anti-vax guy. Yeah, with, with unvaccinated corner. Yeah, Adiba. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, just so you know, you're not going to believe this, Ralph. I got one for you. Alante uh, Taylor, his Raz, nine point oh six. <laughs> of course, just gonna is. throw that out there. Yeah, of course it is. I Raz mean, over nine. I mean, a Raz. Listen, it. Here's the thing, though. Well, the Saints are never trading down, so whatever. They didn't trade up. Um, I just like the quarterbacks are there, man. I just, but maybe they just don't view a Debo in the same way that fans do. Like we think, Oh, a Debo, he was great as rookie year. He played all the time. Like, like maybe the saints are like, eh, so, so, you know, Alante Taylor, Alante Taylor, 4.3640. You know, Taylor can kind of play safety though. He's a, he's a cornerback safety. Oh man! Ooh, a guy with a guy with versatility. Oh, they they're murdered. They 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 didn't trade. They didn't take a quarterback. They may have murdered my honey badger dreams. Oh, I don't like this pick at all. I don't. Dare we call, dare we call him PJ PJ Williamsy? Oh, PJ. But he he's a guy like this guy. He, this is like in his zone of projection. He, 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 here's a crazy stat for you about Alante David Ralph. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. He intercepted my boo, Carson Strong, at the Senior Bowl. Oh, no. Wow. They may be able to get Carson Strong with their next pick, which is what, round five, six? Uh, I think all the quarterbacks might still be there. I, Dude, Willis, Willis, I mean, he ended up being the ultimate draft I People were mocking him six to the Panthers. Yes. And he, he's still there. But Budrich, thanks, thanks for thank, thanks for joining us. Um, so we got Dylan. I got Jason Champagne, and then I got Dylan. Jason Champagne, what did you think of the pick? So I like the next question. Okay. You, oh yeah, full, Jason. Jason. Jason, your full speaking spell. Your full speaking spell. So yeah. go, leave and come figure back. Out, in and we'll, figure yeah, figure out your audio and come back, but. I know what Jason's going to say because I've been looking at his mock drafts yeah. for like the last six weeks, and Jason refuses to draft anyone 
that is below a nine rat. I, I, <laughs> I've seen all his mocks, and he's like, I'm not going to do it because the Saints don't do it. So he he picks nine or over rat. So I know Alante Taylor has been on at least three of his mocks. Well, here's a, here, here's the thing, though, Andrew, is – I got to give the Saints credit, like like and Jason too. Like if you if you want to run your mock draft in a way of not what you want to do, if you want to do your mock draft in a way of this is what the Saints are going to do, setting the parameters of I'm not taking anybody below a nine, like that's what the Sa- that's that's how the Saints roll. So you know it's it's perfectly fine in my opinion. Dylan, Dylan, you with us? Dylan, hi, yeah, Dylan, how are you feeling about this pick? I'm fine with it. I mean, the Saints needed some players for their secondary. This guy is versatile. He can play cornerback and safety. So I think this fits the bill for exactly what they've needed. And so far this draft, the Saints have done exactly what they've needed to do addressing mm-hmm. issues. I'm fine with everything. Yeah, I mean, the one thing... The one thing that that you can either like it or it can give you comfort or it cannot. Andrew, I want to give him props. He was plugged into the Saints draft and he had he had the best the best sources I think of 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 anyone short of like Nick Underhill. Like you 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 can and Andrew doesn't like to toot his own horn, but I will. His sources were impeccable. And Andrew said I had multiple people with the Saints tell me they hate the quarterbacks. They hate them. They don't like them. And it wasn't just the Saints thing, man. Like, the NFL was not bullshitting us all draft season, Andrew. And they were like, we hate these quarterbacks. We hate, hate, hate them. And I was just like, it's a lie. Somebody will trade up. These teams overdraft quarterbacks. They always do it. It's, it's nonsense. It's like, it's like a player saying it's not about the money. It's always about the money. Some team will get reckless and trade up for one of these quarterbacks. A couple of them will go in the first round. No. No, Andrew. The teams, they were not lying to us. They hate these quarterbacks. And, and you know what, Ralph? I would have been pissed if the Saints would have taken a quarterback because I agree with Michael Lombardi who said that the quarterbacks in this draft have all of the hallmarks of quarterbacks that have failed in the past in the NFL. So I would rather the Saints just build up their roster and compete now. We'll find a quarterback we need later. Andrew, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm glad the Saints traded the more I think about it because you're in Vegas for this draft, and you got to gamble <laughs> when you're in Vegas. All right, so roll the dice, baby. Roll it. But, uh, I think uh, I appreciate you saying that, Ralph. That was nice of you. Um, you know, You're the man, but sure, I would have. If you were wrong, I would have roasted you. I would have set you yeah. on fire. So I got to give you credit. I feel, I feel like my intel was hit or miss. I mean, I, look, I, I said, look, the, the draft is always very fluid, and you know, I was told we're not going to trade up. So I missed that. I knew for a fact they weren't going to trade up for a quarterback, but I was told like we're going to try to stay at sixteen and pick there. But I get why they did because, and and I did say that Alave was the number one receiver on their board. Mm-hmm. I said that Alave was a top eight guy for them. I, I said that they really wanted him. So I all all that checked out. So I, I feel good about the intel I got there. Yeah, I think where where you know the intel was wrong is that you know I I think the, the intent was maybe to not trade up and hope that Alave was there at sixteen. But when that run of receivers went and when Detroit was making phone calls to move up, you know, and they ended up moving up one spot below the Saints and taking Jamison Williams. Uh, but I think once that happened, the Saints decided, you know what, if if we don't make this move, not only are we going to lose out on Olave, who's our guy, but Detroit is calling and, and, and they're going to take him or Jamison Williams. And there was just a run of receivers where it felt like it had to happen. And I, and I think most fans understand that. Like I, I've read on Twitter, like a lot of people saying like, I'm okay with the move up because the runner receivers, like it, it's, it was clear that if the saints didn't make that move, they weren't going to get a lot. Yeah, of it. it wasn't, it wasn't like a move. Where not, like, not only that, they weren't going to get Jamison Williams. Yeah. Either. Like it, it wasn't a move where like the, 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 the Patriots took the guard and the Rams, even <laughs> Sean McVay made fun of him. Other people were like, dude, you could got that guard at, like in the second round. Maybe hell, maybe the third round. Like there were when the Saints traded for Olave, nobody was like, I don't understand it. 
They could have got no one was like, I don't understand it. They could have got him at 16, even if you disagreed with it, which people today were in my Twitter. They're like, they gave up too much. They could have got they could have got more players. They needed more players. But I just look at Olave and people that I trust that watch film, especially Andrew. They tell me that like his route running is perfect. His route running is advanced. And like, yeah, he's got a little slight of frame, but. He is going to play immediately and contribute, and he was one of the best receivers in this draft. So you gave up a third or fourth round pick. Who cares? Like no one. If he's good, no one's going to care. I I agree. And something about this draft that's encouraging to me is that even though Sean Payton's gone, the Saints are being aggressive still, and the Rams show, for example, that aggression wins in this league. And none of this matters. None of those third and fourth round picks don't matter if Chris Olave plays well. And that's the bottom line. Nobody will yeah. complain. And, and, and one thing is I had multiple people in my timeline today telling me they're like, it's a bad pick. He's Brandon Cooks 2.0. I was like, if he's Brandon Cooks 2.0, sign me the hell up. Like Brandon. Damn right. Brandon Cooks has had a fantastic career wherever he's gone. He's got a thousand yards for the Saints, for the Patriots, for the Rams, and the Texans. Like that is like I don't know. Like the the, the perception of Brandon Cooks is some kind of bust with the Saints. Well, well, listen, listen. The, the reason why Brandon Cooks has a bad reputation is two things. Number one. He couldn't play nice with Michael Thomas. It wasn't about the on the field stuff. It was the off the field stuff. All right. So that's the first thing. Number two, he was a vertical receiver in the decline of Drew Brees' career when Brees couldn't go vertical anymore. So, and, and he still produced. So, like, you know, I think Brandon Cooks maybe suffered a little bit from, like, if you had put Brandon Cooks in this offense now with, with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, I just think yeah, it would have been a game changer. Yeah. I, mean, I think he would have been a lot happier, honestly. Dylan, final question, and then we got to get to some other people that are waiting. Do the Saints, do they hold study and not pick in the third and not pick in the fourth? Or are me and Andrew doing a breaking news podcast because they moved back in those rounds? Oh, you already know they're going to trade. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, Mickey Loomis is going to be sitting there with his palms sweaty in the third round. He's they, they're going to pull the trigger. You you already know that's going to happen. Yeah, I do. Uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us, Dylan. David, David, do, David, you're with us. Uh, before before you start, David, I got I got to tell uh, Dylan real quick. Dylan, uh, Joey texted me earlier today and says, "Hey, uh, Juju, do you think the Saints would trade down today to get more picks?" And I'm like, I mean, anything's possible, but it's the Saints. They're not trading down. Like what are you I th- talking about? Yeah, why, people, why is he people, that? He's, he has all the sources. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, why would he be asking me? Right? People, people were mad. They said we, they said we talk too much about trading down in our in our drafts when the Saints never do it. And my only point to people was, yeah, we did. Kevin, Kevin, and me, we dream about it. But the thing is, if you do a mock draft and you trade up, you have less picks and you have less players to talk about. Like. Even if the Saints aren't yeah. going to do it, we want to talk about as many players as possible when we're doing these mock drafts. So that's why the trade down, even though we know the Saints are never going to do it, it's a fun exercise because it gets us to talk about more players because the more players you pick, the more players you can talk about. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, No chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient 
daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. David, Saints picked a corner. Thoughts on the draft? Don't don't forget on mute. There you go. Nah, I'm I'm mute myself. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, dude, I I like the pick. Tennessee has been uh good has us. been good to us recently. So I mean, like, I think what they wanted was uh the person that got picked before. <laughs> it's kind of why they took a while. I, I don't remember who it was, but uh, was it signed? Yeah, man. Uh, it's. So, like, this whole quarterback situation, right, you, you can just see that none of them are good. Yeah. And the whole league knows that. And that's why it's shocking to me and disappointing that Mike Tomlin, out of all people, would take <laughs> Kenny Pickett in the first round. Like, yeah. I thought better of him, really. Seriously. Like, he got caught up in this whole, like, bring Kenny Pickett from Pitt to Pitt to yeah, Pittsburgh. But- but here's the thing, like, if you pick a quarterback at 20 and you don't – like, Pittsburgh didn't burn any assets. There, Pittsburgh's never – has Pittsburgh ever picked in the top five? And They've never picked in the top five my entire life. It's like, Pittsburgh, even when they're bad, they're, like, seven win bad. So, like, they took a shot with Kenny Pickett. If it doesn't work – like, so what? They yeah. just try again in a couple of years. Like, I don't – like, that's why I didn't mind the Saints picking at 49. Like, but but to your point, David, to burn assets to quarterback in this draft was ridiculous. And I think it's it, – it just – it surprised me because teams do dumb stuff. And that's the thing that's made this draft less fun, Andrew. I feel like there's been no teams that have done, like, horribly dumb things where you're like – what are you yeah, doing? Atlanta, Atlanta picking Drake London as the first receiver. That was a little weird. Dude, I've seen mock drafts with five quarterbacks going in the first it round. It was, yeah. Dude, like, Maurice, Maurice Jones-Drew had five quarterbacks going in the top ten. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, we're just so quarterback, like, hypnotized. I, I don't know how to explain it, you know. It's – that's why I didn't want the Saints to even touch a quarterback let alone Malik Willis, who's going to be holding the clipboard for like two or three years, because I think that the NFC is wide open, and we have a chance to strike now. You know, the, yeah. the iron tide, man. We need people that can contribute right, right away. Yeah, uh, David, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't uh, mind it. Uh, David, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I, the running backs, I, I know that I know you said they wanted one. I guess the two they got, I guess the two they got, uh, the pick they really liked, maybe. Um, so we got yeah. Jason Champagne. Well, well, they 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 got they got the fifth and sixth left. So I I would expect a running back to go at one of those two spots, and if not, you know they'll hit the UDFA market hard. I wonder can I wonder if they're going to try a bum Phillips, where you say I'm going to package my fifth, my sixth, and like another fifth from next year. And package all that up and get back into the fourth round. Bum Phillips was yeah. famous for that because he because that was back when the NFL draft was like twelve rounds, fourteen rounds. And Bum Phillips, right. Bum Phillips theory was like after the sixth round, there's no one worth drafting. So just package. Jason Champagne, do you have your audio figured out? Well, you guys tell me, is it yeah, better? You're oh, good, much better. There you go. Awesome. So this pick. Um, I was expecting him to go later. Uh, I think they were all about uh, 
I think they were all about Brisker, and when he went to the Bears, they took they took the next DB that uh, they felt was a fit on their board. Um, probably could have gotten him later, but you know it takes two to trade down, and and still you know we're we're a couple of picks now past the Saints and no quarterbacks, so no one yeah, really and, to come up for you know. The, and the thing is, it's one thing to say we can get him later. But when you don't have a third round and you don't have a fourth round, you sort of box yourself in, right? You're like, if we don't take him now, he's probably not going to be there when we pick again in the sixth. Yeah, here, here's, exactly. I, know, I know how we all feel about pro football focus, but I just saw a tweet that Alante Taylor had an 83.2 rating on PFF. Now, you know, you reorder those numbers, by the way, 83.2, and, and you could get a different number, like 283. <laughs> just, just saying. But – but at 83.2, he was the number fourth rated corner in the SEC this year. Yeah. Yep. And and going against that big competition, it, one, one of the things that I've, I've read about him, because I'll be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of um, studying on this guy. But uh, one of the things that I'm reading about him is that uh, he's a little bit stiff-hipped. So that may make him a that may make him a better fit for safety. Yeah. Um, played some quarterback now, 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 in high school. J- Jason, let, let, admit it though, you took him in mocks. I mean, he has rises overnight. I know he was selected on your mock at least once, somewhere in like the fourth, <laughs> fifth round when he was dropping. Um, but you know, to say he was on my radar, I, I couldn't tell you he was necessarily on the radar. You got you got to figure Cody Burns. Uh, yeah, that's has, what I was going to say. In, inside information. Well, I just think Cody Burns saw him in practice every day, and 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 is probably yeah. If if he had like a major flaw, Cody Burns would have been like, "Listen, he cannot turn his hips. He cannot do this. I don't think you should take him." And maybe the Saints would ignore him, but I doubt it. So I, I just think probably he got a good review from Burns and. And it's a good pick. And listen, you, you don't you don't acquire Burns and say that he's the biggest hotshot coach in college football, and then ignore him, and uh, and then and then yes, not not get his opinion on a guy you just selected in the second round. So yeah, yeah. and I'm, see, I'm, I, I'm, I thought I'm that gonna go, I'm going to go ahead and say that Cody Burns stood on the table for him, <laughs> Jason. That's that's Jason. Quite give me, possible. Give me a guy that you think the Saints could realistically get. And it could be trade up, it can be it can be a, it can be a guy where you're like I think this is a guy that the Saints may trade back into the 3rd or 4th round for or it can be a guy they pick later with the picks they have. But who's a guy you think that would fit the mold of either of those two things? Well, you know, if, if they want to move back into the 4th, maybe Velas Jones Jr. Oh yeah, he's um, from Tennessee. And he's at all from Tennessee, and, and they like their Tennessee guys. You know, why you got Dewan Johnson, you got yeah. Alvin Kamara. You know, they 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 like their Tennessee dudes. But one guy I could Not see way. them burning next year's second for, if he lasts until the third round, is uh, Greg Dolchich from UCLA. Oh, we God. need a I, I, we need a receiving tight look, end. I, bad. I don't, this, I don't want the words Dolchich to be mentioned again on this podcast. Unless he's on the Saints, because I still have nightmares about what he did to LSU. And, <laughs> Amen. Uh, and by the way, Ralph, clearly your uh, cat agrees. Uh, Jason, <laughs> thank you so much That's for joining, right. man. As always, right. appreciate so, it. Let's get let's get to Preston, man. Preston's been waiting. Preston, where you been, man? The great Preston Ellis. Where you been, uh, Preston? Guys, I I've got a I've got a two year old now, and my wife's pregnant with the second one. And David Fisher from Bird Call said, as soon as we started having kids, I'd had limitless amount of time because I wouldn't be sleeping. He that could not have been farther from the truth. <laughs> I don't think I've slept in two and a half years. So yeah. Oh, by the way, if you are a patron and you you get the booze bundle and you get those classic Saints legend cards, those were donated. To the podcast from Preston, I have a giant book. So when you get like a Wesley Carroll card or a Stanley John Baptiste <laughs> card or a Buford Jordan football card, and you're a patron, Preston made that happen. So Preston, you're one of my favorites, and we did the we did the Jim Everett Drunk Saints history. So you you're always. I, I'm welcome. a little I'm a little disappointed that Preston hasn't sent me a, a Vince Buck card yet. I just gotta say. <laughs> I mean, I do have a if if I do have a Vince Buck rookie card, which I'm sure I do. Ralph has it now. I know I have it. I look for it in the binder. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Quit, quit hoarding Listen. the Vince Buck cards, Ralph. <laughs> Listen to every episode. Uh, I love this pick uh, under 440. Uh, my question to you, and I'm sure you're going to get to this later in the offseason, is the Saints are are pretty stacked at at cornerback right now with Unvax, uh, Marshawn, and Bradley Roby. And it's a bit uncertain of safety, but does this guy seem like we we went into this uh, into this draft thinking that we were going to get ready to play starters that were going to you know help bolster this team and, and enter us back into the playoff mix? But with the Trevor Penning pick and with this pick, it looks like they're they're taking on some projects, some high upside guys who mm. might not see the field right away. Do you think this is a guy that's ready to plug and play, or do you think he's just a special teamer in year one? I mean it's 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 hard to say, Preston. The one thing I will say. I know is that in 2022 you can never have enough corners, right? And 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 the Saints traded for Roby last year, but they had the the rare season where they didn't have a bunch of corners get injured. Um, and you need corners. And listen, they, they the Saints they lost Marcus Williams and they lost Malcolm Jenkins. To put that in perspective, that is two thousand snaps at safety that they lost. That you got to replace, and it might not be one guy, right? It might be, might be this rookie. It might be Honey Badger. You might, you might have to patch it together. So, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a huge, huge need. I'm worried though that it killed my Honey Badger dreams, and I don't like that. I, I feel like when you draft a guy like this, you have to realize that. Not just a corner, and he's not just a safety. So depending on your injuries, and to illustrate that, I feel like P.J. Williams has played slot. He's played high safety. They've moved C.D. Deuce around. C.D.'s really a, a slot corner, but he's been moved around. And, you know, when when Adebo plays, I mean, he's outside corner. When Lattimore plays, he's outside corner. But everyone else, Bradley Roby, C.D. Yeah. Deuce, PJ Williams, they move them all around. And so I just think Alante Taylor, the thing that's nice about him is that when a guy goes down in the secondary, they can kind of mix and match and give these guys different roles. And I think the interchangeability and positional flexibility of some of these guys is what's so critical because you don't know where injuries are going to hit you. And if you have a guy that's a one size fit all positional player versus like, a Marcus Williams that's only a post safety. I, I, I honestly think part of why they let Marcus Williams walk is because I think Dennis Allen felt like I don't want to spend all this money on a guy who's locked in at post safety only. Right. And so I just think in Marcus May, who they just acquired and, you know, Alante Taylor. Now some of these guys that they've gotten, it's like, no matter where you get hit with an injury, you can kind of ask these guys to play different roles week to week. Whereas a guy like Marcus Williams always has to be the same role. So I, I think there's tremendous value in your reserve defensive back having that positional flexibility. And let's be real, Preston, and thanks for joining us. Let's be real. Like once you get to pick 4950, like everybody's a project. Everybody's got flaws. It's not a plug and play starter. It's, you know, like, it's just not that's no, and you, that's, well, you, I, I think with a guy like that, you've got to hope that uh, he's plug and play at uh, special teams to start. Yeah, and and with and with the speed and size, I would assume he is. Yeah. All right, Preston. Thank thank you, uh, thank you, guy, and uh, try to get some sleep with the with the uh, with the one child and the and the other one on the way. Thanks, buddy. All right, all right. So we got uh, we got who who do we have we have uh. Brady's flung tablet, Jimmy, 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 what you got for us? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like this pick. Okay. Um, the Saints defensive philosophy on DB seems to be built around a lot of these guys that I refer to as cover safeties. They're kind of like a hybrid between a safety yeah. and a cornerback. And he, these guys got elite cover skills at the same time. They can bring the wood on hits. Uh, you know, they, they're good and physical. And the Saints really churn these guys out on a lathe. And you can never have enough of them if your defense is built around them. Yeah. But I don't really have a problem with this pick. No, and, and here's the thing. Like, Dennis Allen is one of the one of the really, really 
good defensive coordinators, obviously, because that's what got him the Saints head coach. But he's also innovative and he likes to get weird. And like the way he gets weird is with dudes who can play different positions because you can move them around. You can confuse, you can try to confuse quarterbacks. So it makes, it makes sense. Um, and we'll, we'll just have to see, you know, uh, Andrew, you know, you mentioned, we, we talked about, we talked about running back. We talked about quarterback, but do you think a position that they might pick later in the draft, fifth, sixth round could be interior offensive line and maybe say, listen, we think Marone can fix Ruiz. We think Zach Streif can fix Ruiz, but if they can't, we got to get him. We got to get a body in there that can push him. Because we can't have him start in 17 games at the level that he was in 2020. Well, I just want us to all remember that the the offensive line, they're always going to start the best five guys. So I, I, I think, look, Hurst, we've seen him play guard before. Mm-hmm. We, know that, we know that Andrews Pete can play left tackle in a pinch. And so I, I just think when you look at all these guys uh, – don't rule out Penning playing guard or Hurst playing guard or so. So I don't know. Like I, I feel, I feel pretty deep on the offensive line right now. Even if they don't take a guard here, I don't think Cesar Ruiz is promised a starting spot. Like if he sucks in camp, I just think they're going to start the best five guys. And if Hurst and Penning are both part of that, then one of them is going to play guard and Ruiz is out. If, if you, if you, and I'm not an X's and O's guys, obviously, but if you put Penning at guard and you're like, listen, Ruiz, we have seen enough of him in July and August. He is still a trash can. We're playing Penning at guard. Does that slow his development to be a tackle in a significant way where you wouldn't do it? Or is it like, no, no, get him on the field. That's. More important, it'll be fine. Like, you know what? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you see how it all plays out, though. Look, that, yeah. that, that's what camp's all about. And I, I think right now, when you acquire guys, it's all about like getting guys that could work out, and then like once they get to camp, then you see how it all plays out, right? But you want to yeah. set yourself up for success by having a number of solutions. And I think Alante Taylor is a perfect example. Like, I don't think he's going to start at corner. Trey but what if, just went but to what the if, Cardinals. What if, what if, what if, uh, what if unvaccinated corner is terrible in camp all of a sudden? What if he got complacent, didn't work hard in the offseason, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, we can't start a Debo. Okay, we got to start Roby, let's say. And Bradley Roby's your starter, and he goes down in week three, and – Adebo's not ready to play, so then what? You got to go to Lante Taylor. So that that's why you, you're hedging by giving yourself room there. So I, I think that's again, that's all about depth building. Um, let's go to another uh, caller. Uh, I think Nicholas Cortez. I think you're up. So unmute yourself and uh, give us your thoughts on the Saints draft. Hey guys, this is a ton of fun and blast. Y'all are a blast. I appreciate y'all putting this on. Um, yeah, I think in short, I share a lot of the same sentiments that, that y'all are talking about. I think even Sean Payton, when talking about the draft earlier this week and the Saints' needs, was pointing out that the he thought the Saints might go after a corner. I didn't have Alante Taylor on my board. Like I thought he was uh, kind of a guy that needed to be developed over a longer period of time than what they came up with. But, um, yeah, it, it felt kind of like a panic to me with Brisker going one, one pick above and a possible guy that could play – you know, slot developing a safety long term. But dude, y'all's optimism is a lot of fun and, and I agree, right? Like the Saints want some diversity there and he brings different skill sets that uh they probably covet. Yeah. Brister's probably gonna be like a horrible, horrible player because remember when the Saints really, really <laughs> want something and it doesn't work out, it usually ends up being like, Thank God they didn't do that. So remember Ruben Foster, for example, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so the one other thing I wanted to drop, if you're okay with it, the uh, the Trevor Penning talk has been interesting because a lot of people put on his Senior Bowl film and watch the bull rushes, and and I think rightly so have made some judgments that uh, you know open some question marks, right? Like he played FCS level, does he have the ability to anchor down to to that kind of a power rush? 
Um, one thing I did want to point out, though, he spent a good chunk of the time with uh, with Duke Manny. Is it Mannyweather? The guy who runs O line masterminds, Sean Arms, has been a big part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duke's actually come out and said a lot about how he's already worked with him and fixed his hands. Uh, Penning was on Brandon Thorne's podcast, and he talked about how Duke helped him with his footwork too. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a big thing to watch, right? Yeah. Like if he actually does develop. I think it could be really exciting with his power and tools. Well, I, I think look, and this is where Raz comes in. You know, I, I think there is some, and, and I work with athletes on a very lower scale. I, I'm a I'm a coach. I've coached AAU basketball. I'm now a high school level tennis coach. But like when you work with athletes, you got guys that you you can tell immediately are terrific athletes and they have tremendous potential. And it's all about like, is the light ever going to come on like in between the ears, right? Like, will they, will they internalize and understand what you're saying and put, put it together. And then you have other guys who, who put it together very quickly. Like they have the acumen and the IQ, but they just don't have the physical potential. And so I think when you have off the charts, physical potential, it's all about in between the ears. And that's the thing with Trevor Penning. That, that, that's what will either hold him back or like it, it's never going to be a physical thing. Because while his technique is a problem, his athleticism, his physical attributes are so off the charts that it really boils down to in between the and, ears. And, let me and, t- and, and so that's where I, like, I'll just say like the Saints, their whole methodology is about how quickly do you process, how smart are you, and how well do you learn. And my assumption is that Trevor Penning passed their tests in terms of how good is he at processing because otherwise they would not have taken and, him. In and and I, that's a great point you bring up because the Saints, they're secretive, but they're very open about we like Raz and we do our prototypes and Jeff Ireland last year after the draft and this year. He's been very open about sort of their process of scouting and all that. You know what the Saints – don't tell anybody shit about all the testing they do for intelligence and how fast you can pick up stuff and how fast you can pro- – the Saints, they don't give that to anybody. You've never seen you know, people at The Athletic write a long feature about it. They keep that stuff under lock and freaking key because they feel like they're really good at it and they don't want other teams knowing it. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. And listen, you know, Trevor Penning, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's going to be a guy, unless he gets injured, he's going to play a decade in the NFL because his physical traits are so spectacular and special. Teams are going to give him chance after chance after chance because they're just going to well, say, well, well, well Ralph, Ralph, I'm, I'm hoping that we're about to get a British accent here because we have Peter Cinnamon, Cinnamon D, Cinnamon, I don't know. But he, but he's a BBC radio maker. He says so. He he works with the BBC. He covers soccer. It looks like so. I'm hoping we're about to get a British accent. Peter is Everton. Are they going down, (laughs) fellas? You've you've kind of caught me in the middle here because I am calling from Belfast, so I am both British and Irish. So (laughs) it's probably all the Irish slang of things. So, uh, (laughs) but I appreciate you have me on. I um. Feeling really good about the big high-end guys we've got, but it feels hold like on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you give us your talk about the draft, explain to us how a Irish slash British slash UK person that works for the BBC, a BBC radio maker that covers soccer, explain to me how you're a Saints fan and up at two okay. in the morning. Yes. Okay. But yeah, two in the morning. That is fair. Come on. It's draft time. This is the time to get involved. Um, a mate of mine uh, is a massive Titans fan. And randomly one year, I think it's like September time, he was like going on about the season. And I decided, you know what, man? I'm going to get in the NFL. I'm going to pick a team. So I had to go through a whole decision-making process. And uh, the Saints were the team, man. They just kind of seemed, I love the area. I love Katrina. And I'm a Newcastle United fan in the Premier League. And they're like the outcasts of the league. And more than ever, I totally realize Saints are the outcasts in the media world, particularly with Breeze out. We're the outcasts, and they just want to throw cold water on everything we do. And I love being a part of it. It's great. Uh, all right. So th- that's amazing. Now, Peter, I have to ask you because Ralph is a huge Everton fan. I am. And it's it's really annoying because I don't I don't follow the Premier League that, that closely because I'm a I'm a PSG fan. 
But but Ralph is always talking to me about how Everton is going to get demoted. You know, they're going to get relegated to the second second league in England. I, I know I'm like butchering this. I'm not saying the, the nomenclature, <laughs> no, nomenclature is not proper here. But but Peter, can you either reassure Ralph since you cover soccer and tell him he's crazy and he's a prisoner of the moment and he's panicking and Everton's going to be fine? Or is he completely correct? They're in big trouble, man. Serious trouble. It's probably, it's probably like saying, are the Texans going to be in the top three picks next year? It looks <laughs> likely, but they're probably going to, they're probably going to get away with it. If I'm being honest, but they are in serious dips. And I'm trying right. to explain. No one cares, but I'll make it quick because this is Saints. I was trying to explain to Andrew just how like messed up their finances are, and if they go down. It's like a nuclear bomb on them, like it is for every other team. But for Everton, it's even worse because their finances are messed up. It's just, it's a night, it's a nightmare. Relegation is one of those things. It's only fun from like five thousand yards away. It's like cliff diving. It's fun to watch on TV. You never want to do it. But Peter, I can't thank, no. thank, thank you enough for joining us. Well, I want, I want, I want to hear Peter's Saints take. We, have, yeah. we haven't even got, gotten to give him a chance to make That's his right. draft comments. So go ahead. I'll keep it super quick. Feel really good about the top end stuff we've got. Top end players in, in places we really needed to get. Areas that are really expensive. It just feels like looking at it now, the holes that we have are just massive. Like, it's Honey Badger completely gone now. Tight end looks dodgy. And, you know, I'm loving Jameis, but I'm just, I really wanted to take a, a go at one of these young guys. But hey, if it's not going to work out, that's fine. Hey, Peter, these quarterbacks are plumbing. There's, I think there's a decent chance that, like, they can, they might, one of these quarterbacks might be there in the fifth round. Like, you know? But I, but here's the thing. If you don't like them enough to pick them in the first round to get the fifth year up, and if you don't like them enough in the second round, then you might not like them at all, and you're just like, I'm not going to waste the pick. But Well, it, P- Peter, that was amazing. Uh, please come back on here and talk right. again, because I, I would love to have you back on our show. Uh, that that was great hearing you talk, and uh, it, dude, it's awesome. I feel like the Saints are an international they brand, are. and it's 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 amazing to hear people that like they decide, hey, I love the NFL, I want to be a fan, and then they pick the Saints, man. Like that's like they, I feel like that's that's what like Man United get and Chelsea gets. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, like it's just like it is. for us to be on that level is freaking crazy it, to me. It is, and, and, it's, and it's awesome. And we did we did a back when we first started the, the, the patron podcast and, and we were trying to get people to support the show, we would do uh, a thing where we would pick a patron every month and we would talk to them and we just have them explain their fandom. And we had a bunch of international people and I thought they were, the, they were interesting. So I did a bunch. They of were them. the best ones. They were yeah. the best ones. We and, got, we got to run that back. And the thing about the international ones, nine out of 10 of them, you ask them why they're a saints fan, Katrina, because they saw Katrina and they just, felt bad about New Orleans because there's a tragedy of it and they just said it just bonded me with the city in some sort of way and I started rooting for your sports team and, and I can't I can't help but think that part of it too is just while the Saints are serious and they're trying to win and, and they always try to be competitive and all that at the core I think they embody the city in the Saint in, in, in the in the sense that we love to have fun. The team, right. like as soon as they win a game in the locker room, the That's vibes right. are great. You know, it's it's not Bill Belichick and the Patriots That's where right. they're all serious all the time and painful to listen to in interviews and it's all coach speak. You know, anyway. Uh KB, you've been hanging out for a while. Yeah. KB, I saw that you uh ditched us and you were doing another spaces, That's a right. same spaces away from us. Was it, Mayfield Mayfield yeah, yeah. was it a Baker Mayfield tape spaces? Yeah, yeah. Was it a Baker No, Mayfield I get bullied session? for Desmond Ritter instead. <laughs> <laughs> KB, how are you feeling about Alante Taylor? Well, I've been doing some digging, and I think it's a stretch of a pick, but because we don't have late-round picks, I this is where they stretch for him. So I've been doing some digging on what the Saints actually like to do with safeties, and what Malcolm Jenkins brought to the table. And he's a very good blitzer. It sounds like Tennessee had him corner blitz quite a bit. And sometimes they'll have, you know, someone like Malcolm Jenkins kind of 
crowd the line of scrimmage, break through and get a TFL. He ran a 4-3. He's fast. He's physical. He kind of stepping in front of a lot of plays. He sort of reminds me of Trayvon Diggs a little bit, just kind of like a nose for the football, but not particularly polished skill set. So he's going to get beat if he does play this year and play significant minutes. You know, he's we're going to have to have some patience with him. But he's also played in three different schemes in the last three years at Tennessee. So, you know, he's a, he's a project. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I can see the potential. And I also can understand why the Saints want to use him in that, like, dyna- that weird safety cover seven, which includes a lot of safety help over the top, et cetera. I, I see the fit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I just think Dennis Allen he he's admitted over time, and I'm sure as you grow as a head coach, but he said when he first came to the Saints, he felt like maybe he wasn't vocal enough in the draft room for like his wanting his guys. And over time he grew, you know, he got comfortable and the, the, the defense had more success. And he said, hey, you know, you got to speak up. You have to explain your vision and, and be sort of an advocate for your guys in the draft. And obviously as the head coach, he's going to do that. So I'm curious to see – how much of it was the new receiver coach and how much of it was Dennis Allen being like, get me this guy? Or were they just sad they missed out on, on Brisker and and, uh, and just made the pick? Hard to This pick. feels a lot like a Dennis Allen pick to me because it's so scheme-specific, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a very specific need and a very specific fit. Mm-hmm. So I this is this has Dennis Allen written all over it, and I think he said I need that guy. We don't have Malcolm Jenkins anymore. I need a guy I can develop into a very versatile multi position, you know, back end player. Go get me that guy. So I don't uh, think it really you know, has. Any- I, I didn't. I didn't think about that. That's a great point. What if this is like their Malcolm Jenkins? What if this is like Alante David? We need you to be this role. Watch Malcolm Jenkins tape. This is your skill set. This is who you are. I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. I just tweeted a a film video of Jenkins from 2020. So they bring Jenkins across the formation, choke up on the line of scrimmage. He's got somebody following him, but he basically essentially goes unblocked based on speed to the quarterback. That's going to be something that they're going to look for from Alante Taylor. That's his game. He's quick. He's kind of bendy, but he's just – they're not going to put him in – I don't want to see Ooh, coverage Ralph, a lot. you hear that? We got a Ben quotient. We got a Ben. He's, he's bendy. We need a Ben quotient alarm. They need – they need to – KB, me and you need to create the, 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 the official bendy scale. Like Raz, but it's only for bend. And like we can – I love it. We can sell it to teams and we can be like the KB Marlboro Bendy scale. He's a five and a half. If you're below a five, you're not going to succeed. Where where is he on the KB Bendy scale? Um, (laughs) 7.8. Good Bendy. I like it. Yeah, I I like him. He's going to take some development. More of what I'm concerned with him has to do with like, mentally understanding his footwork and where to be at certain points on the field. But I think that's more to do with constant scheme changes and it has to do with him not being able to understand things. Well, and that's the thing with Malcolm Jenkins that I think a lot of Saints fans, they don't realize it, that Malcolm Jenkins was so smart and he didn't make many mental errors. And he just, he was a guy that as he aged, he was able to remain very, very good, maybe even elite, because he was so smart and he didn't make mistakes. And he had that old man strength. So, like, even though he had lost some quickness, he could bully the crap out of tight ends. Like, you know, and it was just the last two years have been such a joy to, besides Darren Waller, tight ends didn't kill the Saints, man. Like, Malcolm, because Malcolm Jenkins just wasn't having it. Like it's you know, right. and, and I think I think Malcolm Jenkins is a huge, you know, we we th- we talk about Marcus Williams and we talk about Armstead. I think Malcolm Jenkins could be a sneaky big loss, and they've got to fill it. That's why they need to sign Teron Matthews Sunday morning while I'm eating my breakfast. I really think Malcolm Jenkins was the quarterback of the defense, and the, losing that guy, whether his production was elite or not, is a huge deal. So at some point you're going to have to replace him. Yeah, you nailed it. You, yeah, I I think that is so astute and and um, and, and really like 
it, it's almost like a IQ and pre-snap positioning. I think that that's one thing like that it, it's the devils in the details. And a lot of times you'll see a safety or, or a linebacker kind of tap, you know, the defensive end and, and kind of fix his alignment, you know, mm-hmm. shift, shift the half step to the left, shift the half step to the right. And I just feel like Malcolm Jenkins alignment wise pre-snap was incredible at telling guys, Hey, like, this guy's setting up to run a slant. So like shade inside a little bit, you know, and it's just that little tweak, that little head nod that he gives to his teammate that gives them that information because maybe his teammate doesn't process quite as good as he does. And like those guys, like to KB's point, it's like we get so buried in what are his stats and did he get beat by this guy or not? And what, what are his, what, what is his tackle percentage? or whatever that sometimes we don't appreciate. We, I know for a fact, we don't appreciate always the value that a guy like Malcolm Jenkins has pre-snap to all the other guys that are on the field, the 10 other guys that are not as good as him at pre-snap recognition. Yeah, And you know, and it's a play where he, like you say, he, he reads it and he says, Hey, shade inside. They're running the slant. They're running it out. And it's a seven yard gain where if Malcolm Jenkins isn't as smart, it's a 25 yard game. Like it's little things that fans and we just don't notice. And I just think it's a big miss. It's a big, it's a big loss. And Malcolm Jenkins band, like, I mean, I'm glad, you know, he can live his life. He retired at the top. He won two Super Bowls. but man, it's one of those things. Like he could have, he would have came back. We wouldn't have had questioned it at all. We'd have been like, thank, you know, Malcolm Jenkins back. Of course he's coming back. Right. He's been good for two years. Yeah, I also think did not Malcolm Jenkins come out as a corner when he, he came out into the draft? He was a corner. Yes. So this is literally Malcolm Jenkins 2.0. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling better and better about the pick uh, with every every word that you speak, KB. Yeah. Um, th- thanks for joining okay. us. Uh, thanks, as of always, course. you're awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and listen, the the bottom line, and and it's 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 cliche with the draft, but. If you get good players, no one cares. And 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 like <laughs> Astros must have done something good. My wife is cheering in the background. Uh, my wife. My wife. I don't have I don't have my soundboard because when I run I run voice meter with uh, blue stacks. Uh, I turn I sound like I'm at the bottom of a swimming pool. But as we sort of wrap this up, Andrew, uh, I feel I feel really good about this draft. And the more I think of it. I feel even better about it because the Saints understood what they needed to do and they didn't quote unquote wait around and let the draft come to them. Mickey Loomis identified what was happening. They went and got their receiver who I believe is going to be, unless he gets hurt, which could be a problem because he's kind of, he's got a slight little frame, but I believe he's going to be very good. Trevor Penning, he's yeah. gonna, he, he might not be ram check. He might not be Armstead. But I believe he's going to be at least an average to above average NFL left tackle. The rest of it, I don't know. But I just I, – I love this draft. Get me – How do you feel – how do you feel about the prospects after these two days of Teron Matthew and Jarvis Landry? Do you feel like we're further away from both of them? joining the Saints or closer? I, I, I feel like we're further away from Jarvis Landry. I'm, I feel like I feel like we're definitely further away from Jarvis Landry. With with Matthew, I don't know because the, the, the Taylor pick makes me feel maybe like we're further away from Matthew. Yeah. Maybe maybe. The thing is the, the thing is and, and I, I asked Nick Underhill this today and he didn't respond to me. But my question is is if they if the Saints didn't get a safety or a guy they felt could be a safety would that sort of move them off of where they are with Honey Badger? Where right now with Honey Badger, they're like, listen, this is the offer. Take it or leave it. It's not great, but you don't have any other good offers, and we're not moving off of it. So my thing was like if they don't get – if, if, Nick, if, Nick, if Nick's not responding to you, well, first of all, uh, he always responds to me. So clearly uh, he likes me better than he, he likes does. you. But, but uh, no, seriously, if he's not responding to me, then he doesn't know. Well, and here's the thing too. Nick, Nick Nick is not the kind of guy that just throws things out on a whim. Yeah, and uh, also, Nick, Nick, you know, you know, some some brands they'll just say whatever. Like you ask them a question and they'll give you an answer even if it's uneducated. 
Nick is one of those guys that he's he will not, not answering unless well, and also, he, he knows. And also you know? Thomas, yes, Thomas this morning tweeted out a picture of Trevor Penning and Nick Underhill side by side and called Trevor Penning thick Underhill. And, <laughs> and like once you see it. I, I, I said this on my morning show when I did my uh, morning cocktail. By the way, if you're a Saints Happy Hour subscriber on YouTube, I'll occasionally do solo shows, which are called Morning Cocktail, uh, and you can hang out with me and I talk about the Saints. But we had a long, long segment about Thick Underhill, and uh, that 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 is Trevor Penning. Yeah, once you see it, once thick, you s- Thick Underhill, once you see Thick Underhill, you can't unsee it. Like I, I don't mean, know whether we need to they, give Thomas a raise or we need to put him in timeout, but. Unreal. They are separated at birth. It is unreal. <laughs> Uncanny. It is. Striking. Uh, but we'll get out of here. Uh, last thing. Oh, oh, hold on. Preston Guy at, at the buzzer. All right. Uh, give, give us something quick. You just requested to speak. Uh, so we're going to let you we're going to let you talk at the buzzer here, Preston. Um, Go go ahead, and, Preston. Yeah, uh, unmute yourself. You're the second Preston to speak for us tonight, so you got you got oh, really? to back to follow. <laughs> oh, I accidentally just uh, hit the request button by mistake. But uh, what y'all think about that quarter tonight, man? Uh, Tennessee kind of kind of off everybody's radar, huh? Yeah, I gotta say I didn't expect it. Um, you know, he wasn't on my radar. I, I will say this year I probably did less studying of subsequent rounds because the saints had two first round picks. And so I really put all my research into uh, the first round uh, just to, just to know these prospects inside and out. And, and obviously I, I researched Olave a lot because I was tipped that that was a likely pick. Uh, I studied penning a lot. I'll be honest. I didn't think the saints would end up, end up with penning. Um, so that was kind of a pleasant surprise to see them get him. But yeah, Lante Taylor, look, I, I, I'm I'm warming up to the idea as I study it, and uh, but look, there's a lot of reasons to like it. And again, I think when you consider that Cody Burns, like Ralph said, went against him every day at practice at Tennessee, uh, to me that's that's a no-brainer. Uh, they they obviously vetted him. They obviously asked Cody Burns what he thought, and and that makes me that makes me feel better about it. Ralph. Uh, Ralph, did you mute yourself? I did. I muted myself. Sorry. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, all right, well, that's it, man. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, guys, support the podcast. Become a patron. Get the $10 level. You get access to everything. You get the booze bundle. You get the swag. You get the Saints Legend Player card, courtesy of Preston. It's amazing. Uh, support the show. We are doing amazing things. And you can help me get better audio, build the studio. We're trying to do a live show in the fall. But we need more patrons to get that done. It's $10 a month. Try us out. I promise you, you'll you'll join. You'll get in the Discord. You'll love it. You'll stay for freaking ever. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. We will see you on the big show Monday night unless the Saints trade back up uh, and make more picks. Let's go. Let's go.